Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. I'm Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. It's already 22nd of January. Where is it you're going? I don't know. Those of you watching the show live or later on demand on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube, you will see something very different. No, it's still me and I'm not AI. I'm still human. But I have used one of my recent Night Cafe Studio backgrounds. It's a moonscape with a red mic with red lipstick and it's made from oil and water and soap. I have no idea how they did this, but that's what came out. And I went into Photoshop this weekend and I added read my lips, but instead of the word lips for the first time, I put a pair of red lips. So read my mwah, cool conversations with creators with AK Radio Red. And I love some feedback or comments from anybody who sees it. It's been a long time since I've changed the background and I'm kind of excited about it. This is a real microphone and really me. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Very excited to be here. Always feel good on Mondays having this show. And before I introduce my three esteemed guests, I want them all to put up their hands. And guests will take pictures afterwards, so don't go away. Put up your hand in the shape of an S. And we're going to do our shout out on the count of three. Join me in saying hello, L, 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 just like that. Gary, I'm counting on you to follow instructions, not destructions. One, two, three. Hello, L, 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 a little lag there on the bass, but that was pretty good. Jordan, can you mark that down? It's the third Monday of the year, and they're th in third place. They're, you're doing pretty well. That was great. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. I met her at a dance years ago. We've stayed friends, and every Monday night at 6.01 p.m. when the Eastern time, when the show is over, she's going to email me a little bit about what my each of my guests said from what I sent in the bios and in the, in the promo, and a little bit about how much she enjoyed you. But the problem, Lynn, is that Laura lives in Whitestone. It starts with a W. So I took up a, a fictitious GoFundMe about five years ago to raise money to send her someplace with L. And I thought I'd send her to London because I want to go to London. Except when I looked at the map, uh, well, I looked at L-O-N-D-O-N -O -O and I tilt my head sometimes when I'm reading. It's just a bad habit or I close one eye. Somebody told me to get my glasses fixed. <sighs> I moved to Loudoun, Tennessee, so I'm trying to get Laura to move here because it's a lot cheaper than moving to London. So that's LLL, lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. Happy to have you all here. Let's see where we are in the calendar. Do I even have it in my notes here? Uh, let's see. It is the 22nd day. Well, this is really easy. The 22nd day of the year, and I don't know how many days are left in the year, but we'll figure that out because, oh, here we go, 347 days left. That means if you want to plan something really special, for New Year's Eve 2025. What? A 25? We're all here? You'd better get started now. So don't say that I didn't warn you. So uh, I'm going to go around the table and I'm going to introduce all of you through a poem that I co-wrote or co-versed with that GPT. Okay, here we go. When I call your name, just wave. So welcome, audience dear, to Read My Lips Talk. We're authentic and we're real. We walk the walk. Hear our creativity unfold. 
with AK Radio Red Spirit and her red mic. There's two of them. Bold. Here we go. Gary Hibbs waved hello. Founder of Unleashed to Lead, a seasoned CEO with wisdom to heed. Come out of hiding is his upcoming story. 30 years of leadership, embracing his glory. I hope you like that, Gary. That's an honor of you. Then we have Lynn Patner, P-A-T-N-E-R, not partner, Patner, everybody. Leave the R out of the middle. She's an MSW, a coach and an author of The Awakened Soul, a transformative offer. See, author and offer rhyme. Guiding others to find the light within on the journey of awakening where potentials begin. Lynn, I hope you like that. Oh, I got a kiss. Thank you. And Mustafa Amar, he's back. He was on with me, I think, a couple of years ago. He's a global coach with zeal, founder of the Passion MBA. His vision is so real. Time to move on. His wisdom to share from pharmacist to diplomat to entrepreneur, a career journey so rare. Mustafa, I hope you like that. Yes. I worked very hard with ChatGPT on these. So join us on this ride where creativity is the theme, a symphony of voices, ah, a shining dream. With AKA Radio Red, the stage is set. Read my lips, cool conversations you won't forget. Watch or listen, it's your choice. Join Radio Red and hear her voice on, and this is an honor of you, Mustafa, the passion of creativity. Our episode today is new. We hope to inspire and share a smile with you. What'd you all think of my poem? Did you like it? Yeah. Is that really cool? You know, all you have to do, is anybody else here using ChatGPT? I'm still using the free version. Yeah, just say, write me a poem and give it a couple of hints. And then I put in a little bio from you, Gary, from you, Lynn, and from you, Mustafa. And it came back with this whole verse and I customized it. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm delighted to have you. And full disclaimer, I met all of you at the National Publicity Summit, which is where I love to meet interesting people. I've been doing it for years and years and years. Mustafa, do you remember when you were on the show last was it a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, November 2021. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. So a little over two years ago. How about that? Well, Mustafa was a returning guest, and I just, I said, hey, I got to invite you back. That's just the way it goes. So I'm already planning for the next summit, which is March 19th, March 21st. I'll be doing that again. I usually book about 35 people out of the 50 or so who go, and then I fill three months of radio shows, and that's that's my joy. So let's go around the table. We really, really, really want to find out more about each of you. I just gave a little bit of a smidge of your bios. So Gary Hibbs, I'm delighted to meet you. I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Remember I said in the beginning, behave yourself. This yes. is the time I really meant that. Gary, we want to know a little bit more about you. What are you doing here, and how are you creative? Thanks. Gary, Thanks, welcome. Red. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm living my mountaintop experience now. You know, I'll tell you, um, you know, what I was doing in the past was living somebody else's dream. And, um, you know, I was not living my dream. So, you know, Thoreau said the mass of men and he could have said women, but that was years ago. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And we're not here to talk about desperation because I have escaped the valley of desperation. And um, in fact, uh, I was so fraught with uh, fears and all that other stuff that um, I started to medicate with that, and uh, that didn't work very well. It kept me in the valley. But one year, uh, one year to the day of my sobriety date, I was literally on the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, which was really, really cool. Can we all and, give you uh, a? Can we give you a little bit of applause and a thumbs I'll up? take it. Yes. And I'm, you know why? It's not a congratulations. I'm applauding your bravery mm. and your courage. 
and your creativity to climb out of that valley. That's all I'll say. Now we're going back to you. Go ahead, Gary. Thank thank you for that. Yeah, well, and and I love it. And, you know, I used to try to fit in. And I think, you know, when you fit in, you have to contort yourself to somebody else's stuff. But now I belong. I belong to the world just as I am, which I love that. Um, So um, I'm, I'm free and I've started a company. I'm writing a book called Come Out of Hiding. Um, you know, because I do think that, that desperation, until you have the gift of desperation to get out of that, you, you know, and mine was from hiding. And now I'm, I'm writing a book, uh, Come Out of Hiding, The Joy of Living and in, in Leading, Unashamed, Untethered and Unleashed. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a fun and sometimes very difficult book to, to write. But, um, you know, one of the keys of just being free is being honest. Um, you know, and, to, and to, to really come out to be who you are, because there's nobody in the world just like you. And there's nobody in the world just like me. And, you know, and, um, I, uh, you know, one of the writers from way back said, don't try to be somebody else. They're already taken, you know, and uh, we can spend our life doing that. So I am free and thrilled to be on your program and love your upbeat, um, you know, Thank just you. just life. So so that's me in a brief nutshell. Thank you, Gary. Lovely yeah. to have you on. And thank you for sharing your story of courage. Uh, it's it's important and freedom and being who we are. I, I will. Mm-hmm. I remember that quote. Uh, Don't be somebody else. Every there, everybody else already taken. I'll mm-hmm. look it up and find it. It's. I think famous. it was Oscar Wilde, but I may. I be think wrong. it was. It was Oscar mm-hmm. Wilde. Thank you very much. Save me looking it up. Thank <laughs> you very much. Let's go around the table. One seat to Lynn Patner. Lynn, I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm putting you on speaker view so everybody can see your beautiful smile and your flower on the lapel. <gasps> I have one too. Okay, Lynn, tell us who you are. Go ahead. Hi, Red. This really is is fun, and it's an honor to be on your show, and thank you very much for including me. Thank you. Um, my name is Lynn Patner. I'm an MSW social worker who worked with abused children and families going through the system. I then became a transformational life coach, which I do now, and I'm also uh, very much of an author uh, and speaker right now. I'm a speaker of the book, The Awakened Soul, discovering the light within. And my message is all about the inner child and how the inner child from the ages of zero to eight gets downloaded. Everybody does. This is not just one person in the universe. It's everybody gets downloaded with something that hurts them. It doesn't have to be from your family. It can be from friends. It can be from school buddies, somewhere along the line. And what happens is your belief systems are created on that wound. The beliefs become your thoughts, and the thoughts that you have, therefore, call to you what you believe to be true. So it's one of these ever, these cycles that go around until you see what your belief is. And when you see your belief, then that's the opportunity for you to go on an investigation, see where you got wounded, and then start healing. Because I have found in all the years I've done this, 36 years, I can't believe it. Uh, (laughs) Some of us are slow learners. (laughs) <laughs> especially when it comes to video and audio and Zoom, right? <laughs> anyway, some of us are slow learners. And I found that we are absolutely incredible human beings, that we are incredible and we don't know it. So our basically our soul comes to this planet to be able to see what the lessons is. The lessons are that we need to learn. When we learn the lessons, we go on. We're being assisted all the time by 
unseen beings, angels, whatever you want, but they're all here for us. But we have to choose them. You know, you said something about free will and choice. We need to choose. In order to choose, you just have to say, hey, I'm open to divine guidance. Show me the path. Because once you do that, your life becomes miracles. And that's what's fun. And so my best job of all time is that I am, what am I? I am a midwife of awakened souls. And I love my job because more and more people are coming to that conclusion that they're here for more than one reason and that they are divine beings having, excuse me, a human experience. And so my job is joyful. So I'm excited. That's it. Thank you, Lynn. That was lovely. And I'm, I think I, sh- I could have, in addition to passion of creativity in honor of Mustafa coming back, I try to pick a different adjective for something of creativity every week. I like, you mentioned the word incredible, the incredible creativity. I might use that on a future show and I'll let you know when, okay? Thank you. I'm always looking. I had a, a guest about a year ago who talked about courageous creativity. Gary, I think I said that to you. Mm-hmm. Because it is, isn't it? We're stepping out of our comfort zone. Hey, mm-hmm. I started doing television at a public access station in, in Great Neck, Lake Success, New York in 1994. And, and I got comments from neighbors. They didn't like my glasses. They didn't like my shoes. They didn't like my skirt. They didn't like my lipstick. And I went to them and said, excuse me, uh, are, were you in that studio? Were you on TV? Were you talking to guests? I didn't really, but I thought about it. I, she's not with us anymore. She's really not with us anymore. But, but I thought of saying to her, excuse me, uh, when did you have have the courage, or as we, we said back then, the chutzpah to go and do, right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. And and I'll, I'll tell you a little more about myself later. But thank you, Lynn. That was a, a lovely, I like the idea of angels. I like the idea of being incredible, really. We're all the incredibles. And you are. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Mustafa, Mustafa, Mustafa. I'm happy to have you back. I saw you at the summit and I said, he wants to come back. How can I stop him? So go ahead. You're on speak review. Talk to us. It's, pretend it's you later. pretend you were never on the show because you're talking to a new audience. Okay. New audience. <laughs> sure. I would say first, it's a pleasure coming back on your show again. And then I pretend that it's my first time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, in, in reincarnation vocabulary, I lived a few career lives in the past. So I started my first career as a pharmacist out of passion for chemistry. Uh, some somehow my passion shifted after some time, so I decided to find another passion. I dig deeper. I found diplomacy. Diplomacy was a big thing in my life. I did diplomacy for 10, 11 years of my life. Uh, I work in New York, in the UN. I work in Africa and also in China. And somehow in China, I, I somehow I, I, I wanted to find another passion. I wanted to pursue another dream, and that was in banking. So I moved to investment banking. I, was in charge of infrastructure development across a few continents in a, a multinational bank called AIIB, very similar to the World Bank. Um, I thought that's my life forever. You know, I would I would be a banker for the rest of my life. But then again, a shift in passion. So I moved to be my own boss, to be my uh, a coach that help others to also find their dream careers. Um, in my fifth life, I'm starting a tech startup that is hopefully is envisioning helping mid-level career to find uh, their dream careers. I'm also building a nonprofit to help um, um, orphans to dream big about their lives. 
you have a good heart, don't you, Mustafa? You really do. Thank you. Quite a quite a career. What was it like being a diplomat? Can you tell us what year that was? Very diverse, very interesting. Um, uh, but I thought I reached the peak of my career. So the idea of doing different things every single day, uh, it's something I, I will never find unless what I'm doing right now. Uh, but diplomacy was was uh, a big dream for me, and I'm happy that I lived that for 10, uh, 11 years of my life. Very interesting. You know, there's a TV show that debuted in 2023 called The Diplomat, starring yeah. Kerry Russell, I believe. And yeah. she just looks so worn out and so un- <laughs> unput. And her husband, just, everybody knows it because he was a diplomat before. I won't give away the whole plot, but it got okay. mixed reviews. But I thought it was interesting because there were some scenes, and I'm not going to ask you to comment, Mustafa, but if you watch the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. There were scenes where she is receiving a little piece of paper with a message to meet somebody three blocks down, take a left turn, take a right, sneak under the awning, go in the back behind the bar, wear a red hat, talk to somebody. And deals are being, literally, deals are being made in that realm. And then she has to get her back. And then the guy's found dead later on. I don't know. It was, was but the, the way deals were made, supposedly current times, it was just fascinating and it was really cool actually so thank you all three of you for coming on and i want to compliment all three of you for showing up on time i appreciate that i was telling you there's only one diva on the show and i'm not sure i am she but if anybody was it would be me gary hibbs we are going to go to the quote section of the show i've asked each of you to please pick a fictional quote from a movie or tv character or a song lyric, and I'm going to do a little bit of background on what you sent. It's a lovely six, one, two, three, four, five words. Well, it's got a hyphen, in, got an apostrophe in it, so it's almost six words. Uh, very famous quote. It's from Sally, played by Meg Ryan, who hasn't looked like Meg Ryan in a long time. The movie, of course, was When Harry Met Sally. I don't know if anybody knows, but there's an ellipsis after the word Sally in the title. It's dot, dot, dot. It just doesn't end with the word, the name Sally. When Harry Met Sally, 1989 American romantic comedy drama, so it's a comedy drama, what can I tell you, written by the wonderful Nora Ephron, directed by the wonderful Rob Reiner, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan as Harry and Sally, follows the characters from the time they meet in Chicago and share a drive to New York through 12 years of chance encounters in New York City. It addresses the question, can men and women ever be just friends? I don't think they can. But anyway, here's the line in my experience. No. Gary Hibbs picked this line from the movie, and we all know the scene in the diner where Rob Reiner's real mom is there, and Meg Ryan is having a, and she, well, it doesn't quote quite like that. And the mother says, I'll have what she's having. Okay, Gary, take us through this. What does this have to do with your curiosity? Well, everybody calms down. Go ahead. Well, I think it has a little bit to do with passion, <laughs> you know. So when you when you see when you see somebody who is um, not holding back, <laughs> you know, and and you see that, I, I think in terms of creativity, you know, that's what it's about. I love Mustafa. You're talking about passion, passion, passion. All, you know, all those passion. So when you see somebody living with passion, I, th- I think that's what we all um, hope to be in that zone, in that flow. Um, you know, that, that's a word that people have been using a lot lately. And, and Meg Ryan certainly appeared to be in the flow. So <laughs> She certainly did. Thank you very much. Let me go back to everybody's picture. I appreciate that. Let's go to Lynn Patner. You've picked an interesting quote from, let's go to it, Rafiki, 
voiced by an actor named John Kenny, K-A-N-I, in The Lion King. 2019 musical drama film Rafiki is a mandrel and the shaman, or shaman, depending on how you prefer, of the Pride Lands in Kingdom Hearts 2. He serves as the king's most trusted advisor, trust your creativity, and his advice is always heeded. The plot follows Simba, a young lion who must embrace his role as the rightful king of his homeland after the murder of his father, Musaf Mufasa. Ah, ah sound alike, at the hands of his uncle Scar, John Favreau directed and co-produced it. A lot of interesting voices in it. So here is the line Rafiki has said, oh yes, the past can hurt, but from the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Lynn, what a beautiful quote. Why don't you tell us what this has to do with your creativity? Go ahead. You know, that quote, just hearing the quote gave me goose pimples because that's really what I teach. It's all about what finding who you are and who you are is so much more than you ever, ever expected it to be. So you have to go through some of the hurts in order to learn. And once you learn, you become this incredible Simba who takes over and brings peace and love to where he's at. So I adore that quote. And it does. Every time I hear it, I get goose pimples because it's so real. It, it yeah. is. And and that's, well, they say your history repeating itself. And what, there's a line about it, you're a fool if you don't remember what came before and all that good stuff. So absolutely right. But learning from it, that is the key. And that could be a key to creativity is saying, what did I do before? How can I do it differently? How did I approach things that maybe I liked and loved, but I want to like and love them a different way now? Always finding something fresh. Learn from what you did or from what somebody else did. History does repeat itself. One of my favorite French quotes, Lynn, is plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same, which is the opposite of, well, it means keep learning, keep listening, keep paying attention. There we go. So let's go to Mustafa Omar's quote. And I want to sing this in the worst way, but I will ruin the show and everybody will tune out. So it's a song by the British rock band Queen on their 1978 album, Jazz. And it was also made into a single in 1979, written by lead singer, who else? Freddie Mercury, recorded in August 1978 at the Super Bear Studios in Berlaise-Alpes. Alpes Maritime in France. It's the 12th track on the album. Nobody really cares about that. The song also appears on the band's 1981 compilation album, Greatest Hits. Okay, and it was part of Queen's 40th anniversary celebrations, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the line. Don't stop me now. Mustafa, what a great quote. I don't think anybody's ever tried to stop you, have they? <laughs> it's it's uh, my favorite ever. Uh, song and what have to do with with what I'm doing is whenever I'm changing and shifting in my career, I have to change and and shift my passion into an obsession, and with a momentum. And the momentum I get it from that song. So I think for for a couple of months in the beginning of every big challenge in my life, I just continuously listen to that song, and somehow you know I turn successful. <laughs> okay. Don't stop me now. Does anybody want to sing that? I'm really resisting the urge. Can we all, if I say one, two, three, can we all, come on, let's try it. One, two, three. Don't stop me now. I was completely off. You didn't help me very much. Okay, I'm not mad at you. That's all right. Thank you all for the quotes. Very, very interesting. I'll tell you that 
on my this show and on my business radio shows. I have several other shows. Actually, Lynn, I don't know if you know, but I've created over 55 radio series in the past 11 years for big companies oh. around the world, and uh, sometimes 12 to 15 all at the same time. Duh! Anyway, um, I used to have my guests send quotes from famous people. <gasps> And guess who the most famous people, the famous quotes all the time. We got Churchill, and we got Einstein, and we got Mark Twain, and we got Maya Angelou, and we got Gandhi. And once in a while for a refresher, we got John F. Kennedy, or we got Shakespeare. And after a while, I just knew which quotes were coming, and it was like, oh, do we have to do that again? So about three years ago, I went to guess on all of my shows, all of them, the business shows, the tech shows, and I said, no more famous quotes from famous people or book only. That's right, Mustafa. I said, we're going to bring some entertainment, pop culture value into all of my shows. And mm -hmm. imagine people from some of the biggest consultancies in the world coming on my technology show and say, why? You want me to pick a song lyric? I said, yeah, I'll give you an idea. Okay. The Supremes, Diana Ross Supremes, can't hurry love. Well, you can't hurry some kinds of technology or the Beatles. All, it need, all you need is love or a line from uh, a few good men. Jack Nicholson, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup on the stand. You can't handle the truth. What a great line. It's so perfect for disruptive technology today. So I changed it up. And people really seem to like it. So I want to thank the three of you very, very much for that. <laughs> now, um, I think we're going to play the Aquarius game because we have a little bit of time. Today is the first show I've done under the zodiac sign of Aquarius, January 20th, because today is what? 21st? Yeah, 22nd. Okay. Aquarius. And Aquarius stands in Latin for water bearer. It's an, a zodiacal or zodiacal constellation lying in the southern sky. Okay. It's the last air sign of the zodiac. We always think it's first because of January. No. So I'm going to read some comments about personality of Aquarians. And if these describe you, you might want to become an honorary Aquarius. Okay. All right. So here we go. Raise your hand or just wiggle a finger if this describes you. Innovative. Oh, come on. Lynn? Of course. Gary, you, you belong in the I'm place. working on it. Okay, good. <laughs> That's Partway is, is qualified. Progressive. Shamelessly revolutionary. Interesting. Oh, oh, good. Gary, you too. Come on. I'm, I'm uh, coming out of hiding, see. And by the way, the, the water bearer was the mystical healer who bestows water or life upon the land. How beautiful mm -hmm. is that? So mm -hmm. Aquarius is the most humanitarian astrological sign dedicated mm -hmm. to making the world a better place. <gasps> I think all three of you are. <gasps> I have to name you honorary Aquarians. Uh, every Aquarian is a rebel at heart, free-spirited, eccentric. Oh, that's me. Offbeat in fashion, I, th I think so. It's black, but it's got all kinds of stuff on it. Unusual hobbies, nonconformist attitude. Anybody here a conformist? I don't think so. I was. Well, you I'm don't want to be a recovering conformist. There you go. There's another one for you. They enjoy teamwork. Freedom is most important. They need plenty of space and time on their own to reflect, form ideas, plan. They're very creative in a thought out and organized approach. Ah, no rambling. Interesting. Their brand of creativity is about finding novel solutions more than artistry. I don't know about that. I think I do both. I'm an artist as well. So I have a feeling all of you are. So here we go. The cons are they hate small talk. So don't necessarily invite them to be 
fun at a cocktail party. They thrive on shock value. They're quirky. They can seem cold and aloof and detached. They don't mesh well with authority figures or institutions that represent tradition and longstanding convention. Gary, you know what that is. They're stubborn. And in medical astrology, Aquarius governs the ankles. So think about that standing steady, staying put. I didn't know that. So here we go. Here are some professions you may or may not be in. There were a lot of them, actually, not usually that many. An accountant, an aerospace engineer, a scientist, social worker, probation and patrol officer and cop, okay, mediator, project manager, surgeon, judge, professor, and architect. Those are some of the most suitable careers for. Now, I want to read you some stellar celebrities who were all born under the sign of Aquarius. On this basis alone of this list, you might want to be an Aquarian. Tom Selleck, John Travolta, Justin Timberlake, Jennifer Aniston, Alex Borstein. She was on in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She was fabulous. Brandy, the singer, Ed Sheeran, Molly Ringwald, Laura Linney, Laura Dern, Ashton Kutcher, Chris Rock, uh, let's see, we got uh, Harry Styles, Kerry Washington, Shakira, uh, Christian Bale, Neil Diamond, Alicia Keys, Ellen DeGeneres, Patton Oswalt, and Elijah Wood. Oh, my. Okay, who wants to be an honorary Aquarian? I do. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. All right, so you're all honorary Aquarians. There you go. And I did have a list of what uh, signs they can fall in love with, and I think I was one of those, and I don't have that here anymore. So anyway, too much editing. Thank you very much for playing along. You'll get your Aquarian medal at the end of the show. We're taking pictures anyway. So let's go through what you all sent me. I'm going to take one discussion statement from each of you about creativity, and I'm going to read it. And I would like you, whoever it is, Gary, you're first, to spend about two, well, we got time, take two to three minutes and expand it. Tell us what this means. So I'm looking at statement three, Gary, and you say, I'm reading it, pursue failure. That is, do something at which I'm likely to fail knowing that the payoff will be the aha of a lesson learned. There's the lesson learned, Lynn. This overcomes the fear of failure when you plan to probably fail. Interesting, convoluted, inside out, backwards, upside down, on its head and on its ear. Did I get them all? Gary, go ahead. Tell us what this means to you. Yeah, thanks, Red. I mean, I, I, I met and got to know somebody just this past year, a guy named Ryan Leak, and uh, he wrote a book called Chasing Failure. You know, and, and, you know, part of the conformity was I just want to do everything right and perfectionism and, you know, because will you like me and all that. So he was a good basketball player, Division Three, and he decided to um, go out for a professional basketball team, knowing that he probably would not make that uh, team. The Phoenix Suns actually gave him a tryout. He was turned down. He wrote a letter to every NBA team. And the Phoenix Suns gave him a tryout. And he said he learned so much by pursuing, chasing something that he was probably going to fail at. And that's where we learn our greatest, you know, our greatest lessons. And, you know, I appreciate that. He is well known, by the way, Red, on YouTube because he asked his wife to marry him. Um, and she said, yes, that's not a big deal. She said, yes, a little bit of a risk. But then she, he said, no, I mean, today. <laughs> and he had studied her for the two years they dated, lined up all of her favorite things, all of her people, and the doors opened and the wedding took place. It's on YouTube. You can see it. It went crazy. So, so, you know, what if she said no? He said, but what if she says yes? And she said yes. And they got married that day. So that went viral. And Ryan Leake um, is a phenomenal human being. 
And he has really tuned me into chasing failure. And as I'm leaning into life and I'm living wholeheartedly, you know, Brene Brown, um, life is exciting. So I, I love this program. You love life. It's clear. Thank and it, it's just throwing the beal on that. So chase failure. You don't worry about failure because, in fact, you're expecting it. The question is, what am I going to learn from this and how am I going to get better? Yep. And what if failure that you think is going to be failure is success. I'll put air quotes around that, whatever yes. that means on whatever scale, whatever gradation of it was good. It, well, I was great. I wasn't great. I was almost yeah. there. I was on my way. What is it that you, that you do when you don't fail? How do you cope with that? What do you do with that? And how do you move forward from that? So that's a surprise. Aha. Thank you very much, Gary. Very thoughtful. Lynn Patner, mm -hmm. I'm looking at your statement number three. This is interesting. You say, I create with strangers, with acquaintances, and with friends through casual exchanges in groups or just through a smile. You know, uh, Lynn, go ahead. I want, some, I want to say something afterwards. I don't want to interrupt you, but tell me what this means to you for creativity. Go ahead, Lynn. Well, <laughs> I've been known to talk to rocks. Um, I love people and I see them as divine beings. So the best gift that anyone can give someone else is to say hello, give them a smile, converse with them because everybody put in your life is there for a reason, even if you never see them again. So I love conversing with people. I love hearing their stories. I like planting seeds if I'm allowed to. It's just fun. It's it's coming from compassion, kindness, and fun. I love it. I and I and people say to me, "Oh my God, she's talking to that person again." So I don't care. It is creative. It is fun. It is being able to touch a wider group of individuals that you would have never talked to before in your entire life. So thank you. Creative. An Aquarian's are not good at small talk, but I I can't. You can't be an Aquarian now, Lynn. Sorry, Lynn. Gemini. I used to there you go. I used to talk to the trees on my lawn when I come home from school and I'd walk across our, our side lawn side of the house. Sometimes I would be so busy. I don't think I was talking to anybody. I was thinking about what happened in school. I was a pretty, pretty heavy duty student. And I would head toward bumping into a tree and I turn around and say, excuse me, I'm sorry. I talk to them all the time. And I do believe talking to plants is important. Yes. And if I water starve one of my plants, I like to grow poinsettias that you get at the Christmas, December holidays. Oh, wow. Wow. I grow them all year long. I've got one that's still red, still wow. gorgeous red. I grow seeds from avocado seeds and I've got a whole bunch that are tall and from lemon uh, lemon seeds. And I, I like to repurpose the seeds rather than just throwing them down the disposal. Uh, but what I want to tell you is I had a, a prep call with a guest, a very, very intelligent technology woman, a woman in tech, I should say, today. And uh, she was very, very brilliant talking about what she did and her career path and all that. And uh, she's coming on a show that I'm producing for a big company in a couple of weeks. And when it was, when we were done, I just looked at her before I ended the Zoom session and I said, I won't give her name, but I, let's just say Mary. I said, Mary, I really enjoyed meeting you. You're very relatable. Even though everything you said was so brilliant, I, I want to know you. I'm glad you're coming on the show, but you're relatable and you're very real deal, very authentic. And it was a pleasure to meet you. And she just looked at me, Lynn, and she said, I'm going to hold on to that one all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was such a nice thought 
Um, yeah. And I wasn't saying it to be, you know, oh, look at me. I could say nice stuff to my guests. It just dawned on me that there was a way she spoke that was so engaging that you wanted to hear all of the high level tech deals, de details of what she was talking about. Anyway, so Lynn, thank you very much for that. Mustafa, I'm combining two of your creativity statements. Dare she do that to me? Yes, and I'm going to read both of them. I think you'll enjoy them. So number two, you say, my creativity comes from combining things together. And then number three, you say, I get more creative when I mix logical thinking with art and music. I think those go together. Mustafa, talk to me. What art, what music? We want to see. We want to hear. Go. Yeah, I mean, uh, music has been always a hobby since I was 12 years old. So it's it's something always in the background while I'm working on math or while I'm, I'm doing, you know, chemical uh, 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 stuff in, in the laboratory while I'm, I'm working on, on other stuff. And it has been always like this. Music and art has been always in the background of whatever I'm doing. Uh, also, there is a strong connection between changing career and being more creative. So uh, while I conform in the beginning of my life, I had to stick to one career in the beginning. Um, experience taught me that if you change career more and more and more, you get enough dots to connect. And when you have enough dots to connect, you are more creative. Tell me about music and art. What are your favorites? What what genres do you? Well, like? I listen to all types of music, especially music. For me, is is uh, I mean, I'm twenty four seven. I'm listening to music. I think I, I think I, I could be born as a musician, but I never tried my best to be one. So it's still in one of my dreams to be. Uh, who knows? Uh, maybe at some point in my life, uh, when I'm done with my nonprofit thing and my tech startup, I think I would spend a bit of time on that. Don't wait. Yeah. I started, I one day, I was in Durham, uh, Durham, North Carolina, before I'm in Tennessee now. I was there for five years. And one day I just, on a whim, a friend of mine was playing drums in, in uh, Florida. Uh -huh. And I said to myself, what the heck? I picked up, I went on Google and I found a school of rock. No, I'm not advertising for them, but I found a school of rock and it said free 30 minute lesson. I said, what the hell? So I drove a half hour and I parked in the big shopping center and I went in. I said, I don't even know what the pedals are. I don't know how to hold the sticks. And he said to me, well, I'm going to teach you. And a half hour later, I said, I'm hooked. Sign me up. And six weeks later, well, about four weeks later, I said, well, why am I doing this? I have no place to play. I don't have a band. I, I'm not a known quantity. I'm just sort of hitting the sticks here. He said, well, we've got an adult band and they need a drummer. I said, what? And they're going to be performing at a big concert place in downtown Durham. Not a, a big a theater, but in a, in a space in downtown where a couple hundred people could go in and stand and bleachers, parents and kids. It was very interesting. So I said, okay. So I w went and joined the adult band and they'd all been playing together for a couple of years. And here I am, the new kid, the redhead with the red boots. And I'm thinking, oh crap, what did I do? What have I done? And the teacher, he had a mohawk. He was a grown up, a mo pink mohawk and tights. And, uh, and he, he didn't want to use my name. He'd say, she, she will play this. She will do that. And then the next thing they said to me was, 
we need you to come up with a better ending for this particular song because it's too long. I said, excuse me, now you want me to, to redesign music? And I said, well, the singers can just give me a little this when they're ready to end it. He said, hell no, you're the drummer. You're going to do it. So I went home and had to figure out how to end the song. And then I had to give the signal to the singers when I was ready to end the song. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. So about four weeks later, we're at this place. I can't remember the name, but Motor of something or other. And um, uh, they had uh, about 12 different bands, starting with the seven-year-olds who were singing Beatles songs with their teacher on the way up. And then there were three adult bands. My band came up and I got on stage and I thought, I'm just going to die here. It's going to be awful. <laughs> I played um, Dream On by Aerosmith. Wow. I know, I know, I know. And at the end of the song, something happened that never happened in the rehearsals. I was ready for the last bum. I looked at the guitar, the lead guitar standing right in front of me. He turned and looked at me. I was at the back of the stage, obviously. He turned and looked at me. He gave me not a wink, but just his eyes locked with mine. And as I lifted my sticks to come down for the last note, he lifted his guitar up over his head and we came down exactly in sync. I thought I had I'd gone to heaven. It was like instant collaboration that was never there in the rehearsals. So then I was playing the cowbell and other things. And the, the teacher took over for dry. I did half the songs in that because I was so new, six weeks. So one point. He looked over at me and he broke his stick and he wow. knew that I, oh yeah, he did. All of a sudden he yells out my name across the stage and he says, Barney, do you have a He holds up the broken stick. I said, sure. And I left the cowbell and I walked over and handed him my stick and then he gave it back to me at the end and said, thank you. So I got recognition from the teacher who said, well, she'll do this. Her, it's her turn. She do this. This is her part. I put up with this for, for months. And then I got recognition. So there's my music example. Of, that's courageous, isn't it, Gary? That was yes. courageous. Yes, it is. And some of the parents of the young kids in the audience came up and they said, oh, you were so good. Well, that's my New York accent. You were so No, it's, it's Valley Girl, actually. How long have you been playing? And I said, six and a half weeks. And they said, wow, I wish my kid was as good as you. We'll leave that one alone. So thank you very much. I have a little little something I want to read to you. We have a little extra time. Um, about, oh, about a year ago, I found a quote from David Byrne who is the rock star, you may know, he was the front man for Talking Heads. And he was a guest on a podcast of somebody named Stephen Johnson. And the podcast was called, and you're all going to love this, How Ideas Happen. And Stephen Johnson said to David Byrne, how do you find your inspiration and develop it into songs? Listen to this. I think this, this will go along with what we've all been saying. So here, let me read a little bit. This is David Byrne. Sometimes I have just the title of a song that comes to me and I write it down and I go, expand on that. I think there's something there. And I also have in my computer a whole lot of musical ideas that maybe have a melody, a nonsense word melody, awaiting words. But usually I need something to start with. It's hard to start from nothing. I'll accumulate these, and here's where I'm talking to all of you. Very little beginnings. When I come back, I've got something to build on. So the comment in this article was, our minds fizz with fragments of ideas, puzzles to ponder, clues on how to fix a problem. Most of us undervalue that chatter. Writers and artists systematically capture the little beginnings. What do you think of that? Did you like that? Anybody? I love that. Is that, I love that. 
I've saved that in my radio notes for a couple of years, and I haven't read it in a while, and I thought Mm -hmm. the three of you would enjoy that. Um, Let me see. Is there anything else? We're just going to go loose here for a minute before I do the famous birthdays, and I have some music events that you're all going to enjoy, and yeah, more of that stuff at the end. So is there anything else you all want to say about creativity that really resonates with you? Uh, let Let me ask a question. Gary. When yeah. did you decide to write a book? That took courage. Not only what you did, what you told us about, writing a book about it is courage, but that also is creativity. How do you present your story so people would want to hear it? Because Well, are- I think I had I had a vision that there's somebody waiting for me. There's somebody waiting for that story, you know, and, and it was almost an urgency and a responsibility. You know, there were many times I was the one curled up on the bathroom floor. And wow. as we speak right now, somebody's waiting um, to hear my message. So that, that spurred me on. Interesting. Interesting. So that was the spark of, of an audience or helping somebody helping Lynn, how did you decide? What was that moment when you decided to write your book and talk about something that some people embrace and some people don't the angels, the guiding powers, Lynn, talk to me. Well, I'll tell you, (laughs) it was during COVID and when going to Trader Joe's with the highlight of my day, I decided that I needed to put my stories out there because my stories are a journey of how I became a transformational life coach from being a sitcom actress called Donna Reed in my normal life because I was just in a square box. Anyway, but my guides, if you don't believe, I mean, it doesn't matter if you believe or not. I got told if I didn't write the stories, if I didn't write the book, then I would lose my opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I don't want to lose my opportunity. And as it's gone on, as this whole journey has continued, I realized that being a midwife of awakening souls is my job and that I am supportive of everybody on a path of enlightenment. And I love everybody, including rocks and plants and trees. So (laughs) we're waiting for that. It's just a fun adventure, and I want to be able to assist people in seeing that. You know, all of us have had it, but I want to see, I want to have other people feel it, experience it. Lovely. Would you hold up your book, please? I know you have it there. Just hold it up. That's it. Very nice. The Awakened Soul. Thank you, Lynn. That's a beautiful cover, by the way. Absolutely lovely. Mustafa, what created what creativity gave you permission to say? And I was when you're talking, uh, I was thinking of the song by Tennessee Ernie Ford. Gary may remember. Some of you may remember it. Sixteen tons, and what do you get? Tons. Another day older and deeper in debt. Saint Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. <laughs> now, how did I remember that from fifty years ago? I do. And that's the company man. Mustafa, when did you say, I'm going to create a career, a path of completely disparate jobs and roles and positions that nobody ever put together before because I'm creative? When did you get that permission to yourself? Well, when I was in a banking career, somehow in, in, in the peak of my banking career, I, I was a bit struggling whether this is forever for me, or I want to do something else in life while I still have an opportunity to do that. And the answer was, I really need to leave heritage. Uh, When I'm done with this life, I want to have, you know, something that speak for me. And I thought I will be selfish if I just keep that high paying job and um, feel fine with with life and uh, not sharing my message, all the values that I live my life with and for in books. 
And uh, this is how Time to Move On came out. Uh, Time to Move On was the result of my inner struggle and my decision to leave banking and start writing books and you know coach people how to find your dream career. So the, the main idea was not wanting to be a selfish uh, corporate guy, if I would say. Interesting. I see your book behind you. Would you mind grabbing it and holding it up for us? Sure. Can you? Right. I have another copy here. Oh, but... Very good. There you go. Time to move on. And what to, to do about it. A, a speaker I like of the it. seven degree myth that people should bust before finding the dream. Very career. sharp cover. Let's go. We've got six minutes left, and that's just perfect for what I want to do now. So I have some actors, actresses, singers, no dancers today, who are having birthdays. If you recognize their name, just say happy birthday. Gabriel Macht, you may not know who he is, but there's a very famous TV series called Suits. And it became very famous after because Meghan Markle married the prince and she was in the show. So Suits. So Gabriel Macht was Harvey Specter, who was a ruthless attorney in suits. But what's interesting is at when he was eight years old, he was nominated for a Best Young Motion Picture Actor Award for the film, Why Would I Lie? I've never heard of that one, but he was acting at eight. Happy birthday, 52. Now, here's a man whose last name is up for grabs because people pronounce it two different ways. Have you ever heard of, uh, let me see, have you ever heard of uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, the cooking show, the restaurant show? It's Guy Fieri. F-I-E-R-I, or Fieri. I've heard it pronounced as though the R is a T. So Fieri, he's 56. TV personality, game show host, who knew? Chef became the face of the Food Network in 2010, all the way back, known for driving his red Camaro across the U.S. for his show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, where he takes viewers on a tour of America's less celebrated restaurants. It's always very, very interesting. He worked as a product developer for Stouffer's Frozen Foods when he was younger. Managed chain stores in Long Beach, California. Diane Lane, the actress. I'm sure you've all heard of her. She's 59. Welcome to adulthood. Actress in The Outsiders, Under the Tuscan Sun, The Perfect Storm. (laughs) Lynn liked that. Man of Steel in the 2002 drama Unfaithful. She got Best Actress nominations at the Oscars, the SAG Awards, and the Golden Globes. And she was the voice of the mother in the 2015 Disney feature Inside Out. And she started acting at six in Experimental Theater in New York City. How about that? And Steven Adler, if anybody remembers, he was the original drummer in the hard rock band Guns N' Roses. He's 59 today. Linda Blair, anybody remember? The Exorcist. (gasps) She's 65 and she's still around. Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress and an Oscar nomination. And in the, she reprised her role in 1977 in Exorcist II, The Heretic. She was a child model at six. These were all very precocious people. And Steve Mm -hmm. Perry, who's the lead vocalist of Journey from 78 to 87. He has nine albums, including uh, a platinum album, Trial by fire and here's the deal at 12 <laughs> i just picked these out of random at age 12 he heard sam cook's song cupid and he was inspired to become a singer he played drums in a high school marching band and he was one of 21 vocalists who sang we are the world and bon jovi called him steve perry the voice how about that now we have in memoriam speaking of sam cook he was only 33 when he was shot and didn't come back from that. He was born on January 22nd, singer-songwriter. Anybody remember you? Send me, darling. You send me. Well, happy birthday in memoriam to Sam Cook. And I have two people. I got to hurry now. Two people who have birthdays you've never heard of, I guarantee. But are you all sitting down? 
Especially yeah. you, Mustafa. You're sitting down. Okay, we have a young man who's 30 today named Buvan, B-H-U-V-A-N, Bamaka. And he goes by B-B-K-I, like B-B King without the N-G. Uh, he has 26 million YouTube followers. Wow. 26 wow. million. And what does he do? Comedy posts of videos that are parodying everything from WhatsApp to birthday presents. He says he's not really a comedian. He's really a musician, a singer, and a songwriter. His music video for his song, Dindora, D-H-I-N-D-O-R-A, only had 43 million views. Happy birthday, BB Key. And we have somebody on TikTok named Amanda Edmondson with two S's in the sun. She's 22. She mixes a dance and lip sync videos. And uh, she has had paid partnerships with companies, one called Lounge Underwear. I don't even want to know about that. She only has 2.6 million followers. Uh, so I just want you to know there's a lot going on out there that we don't know about. Events in music history. 1966, rare snowstorm in Memphis. Elvis and his friends built a snowman in front of Graceland, his mansion, in 1966. In 1972, Don McLean's album American Pie hit number one. Oh, I've got one minute. For seven weeks, uh, Carly Simon's album Hot Cakes was certified gold in 74. And uh, singer-songwriters James Taylor and Carly Simon celebrated the birth of their second child, Ben Taylor, who became a singer-songwriter. And he mm -hmm. takes his parents on tour. Today is Answer Your Cat's Question. Questions Day, National Blonde Brownies Day, National Grandpa Day, Hot Sauce Day, National Polka Dot Day, started by Minnie Mouse in 1928 in her black and white polka dot dress, National Vincent Day, say hello to somebody named Vincent, National Tie Day, Tyler and Therese and Tyrone and Farmhouse Breakfast Week, uh, January is Apple and Apricot Month, Artichoke and Asparagus, and we're going to leave it there. Okay, here are my real closing. Everybody get ready and don't forget to stay because we're going to take pictures. Here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive mm. quickly. Eh, kiss slowly, definitely. Love truly, here we go. Join me in an uncontrollable laugh. One, two, three. Laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> oh, that was good. That's a soundtrack. For, I'm going to sell that. And never, never, ever regret anything that made you smile. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco in high heels on a Formica tabletop in a cafeteria in a high school in Eugene, Oregon, in high heels... Everybody watched. They thought I'd fall, but I didn't. And I had great legs. Sing like nobody's listening. And love like you've never been hurt because we have. Get over it. Move on. Let your heart grow back again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye. Don't go. Don't go. Wave goodbye. Jordan, are we done? Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week. <laughs>